Okay, well, we are going to be in 2 Kings chapter number 6 and verse number 8 through 23 is where I want to start this morning. Let's go ahead and read our text and then we will get started digging into this. Starting in verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Uh, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. They came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servants of the man of God were risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots on fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were come into Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, When he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou had taken captive with the sword and with the bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. Now, in this text, the king of Syria is warring against Israel. But every time this king of Syria would try to, to, to set up his camp to war with Israel, Elisha would warn the king of Israel so he could safely avoid that area. Uh, this happened so frequently that the king of Syria was beginning to think that he had a spy in the midst who was uh, relaying all his plans to the king of Israel. Now, when the king 
of Syria confronted his servants and he asked them, which one of you, which, which one is it that is taking uh, and is for the king of Israel and is, is, is telling him all my plans, which one is it? Uh, then they all confessed that none of them had said a word, but that they were all on his side and they all pointed to a man called Elisha and said, it is Elisha, it is the prophet of God that is doing this. Um, they said, listen, he telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He's saying, when you're in your room at night when nobody else is listening, guess what? The God of Elisha, he hears and he tells Elisha, and Elisha, he knows all about it. Now listen, believers, truly there are no secrets with God. We can be assured of that. Okay, and, and the Lord was making sure that the people of Israel were all safe from this evil, these evil plans of the king of Syria by revealing these plans to Elisha, the prophet of God. But now this king of Syria, he decides, well, I guess if I'm going to war against the people of Israel, I'm going to have to get Elisha first. Because if I don't, he's going to continue to tell the king of Israel all of my plans, and I'm not going to be able to do any of this. So in verse 13, he tells his man, go spy where he is. And when they found out that he was in Dothan, the Bible tells us in verse 14 that he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host and they came by night and compassed the city about. So think about what is going on here, okay? Elisha and his servant go to sleep that night, no problem at all, right? But they wake up the very next morning, and what do they find? Boy, they wake up to a very frightening, a very scary scene. Uh, verse 15 tells us, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, this servant wakes up to this horrible, scary scene and having himself completely surrounded by this enemy army and and in fear, he cries out to Elisha, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, the truth is that oftentimes this is very much the same way life works for us as well, isn't it? I mean, everything seems to be going our way. Everything just seems to be going along fine and we don't seem to have any real problems. And then all of a sudden, we wake up one morning and guess what? We find ourselves surrounded by a fearful and scary scene. And honestly, I, I think most of us respond just like Elisha's servant. As we behold this fearful, seemingly impossible situation, we cry out, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? Just like that servant. 
And as we study the response of Elisha here in this text, we see some clear principles for each of us as believers when we too, like this servant, are facing that which is fearful and we're facing that which is seemingly impossible uh, as we look at it with our physical eyes. And if we are to apply these biblical principles, let me tell you, Christian, they will greatly encourage us, they will greatly help us to get through those fearful times, those scary times of life. When you feel surrounded by the enemy, I mean, you feel like you just absolutely do not know what you're going to do. So let us look at this text today and I hope that we may clearly see what we are to do when we are confronted with that which is fearful, that which is scary, and even to us that which is seemingly impossible. I notice here in our text that there is five basic principles that will help us as believers when we are confronted with such circumstances, and that's what I'd like for us to look at this morning. The very first one, and again, if you apply these things, they will help you when you are confronted in such circumstances like these men were here. Number one, let not fear reign. Let me repeat that. Let not fear reign. Okay, now notice Elisha's response in verse 16. Let's go ahead and read that again. It says, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, notice those very first two words. What does he say? He says, fear not, fear not, believer, fear not. Okay, listen, friend, even in such circumstances, you can be assured that the Lord does not want us to be fearful as believers. I mean, we find this phrase throughout the Bible numerous times, over and over and over again. The Lord God is saying to us as his people, fear not, fear not. Fear not, believer, okay? This is God's will for us. No matter what our circumstances, we ought not to be fearful. In fact, the Bible makes this clear in 2 Timothy 1.7. And I've preached on this text recently. It says that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, listen, it's, it's not God's will... For God's children, okay, to be fearful, to be afraid, even in troubling times. Okay, you might say, well, but why, preacher? I mean, why? Why, why? why do you believe this to be the case? Why should believers not be fearful? Well, very, very simply, Christian, because the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. In Genesis 26 and verse 24, of course, you read this text of Abraham and you find out that God repeats himself over and over and over and over again to Abraham. This is just one text that I've pulled out. But God tells Abraham, fear not, why? For I am with thee. 
If you're looking at that in your Bible, you see it's about halfway down through the middle of that verse. Genesis 26, 24. Fear not, for I am with thee. In Psalms 23, you all know the verse. David writes in verse number 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And why can he say that so confidently? For thou art with me. I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. We look over in the New Testament, and in Matthew chapter 14, and verse 25 through 31, we find Jesus coming to the disciples as they are in the midst of a fearsome storm. And uh, they were scared, they were frightened, it was so severe. And as he's coming out to them, his words are, It is I. Be not afraid. Now, listen, believer, I can choose to by faith rest in him and be in peace. Or I can allow fear to reign and be driven by that fear. But you know what? That's not what God wants for you. The shepherd wants his sheep at rest, at peace, as they by faith rest in and trust in him, okay? Remember, that's what God wants for you, to restfully follow him by faith, not to be driven by your fears, not to be frightened out of your mind. God does not want that for you, believer. God has taught us these principles over and over again in our life, and many of you know I've shared this verse with a number of you, uh, when we were in Ukraine and dealing with the situation with Daniel, um, God gave us this specific text of Scripture found in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 and 4. And we were, honestly, we were scared. We were very fearful of what might happen uh, in those circumstances, not just not knowing what was going to come next, not knowing what the next day could hold. And it was during that time that God gave us his text of scripture in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. And it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Praise the Lord. I found that to be true over and over and over again in my life. Hey, listen, there's going to be numerous times in your life where you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to be surrounded by some fearful, frightening uh, circumstances, maybe circumstances that seem to you impossible. But let me tell you, friend, we can be assured that the good shepherd has not left his sheep. Amen. And I can say, praise God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Praise the Lord. Thou art with me, God. And I can have that perfect peace because my mind is going to be stayed on him and I'm going to be trusting in him as it says here in Isaiah. So the principle number one today. Let not fear reign, Christian. When you allow that fear to reign, that fear will rob you of the peace that God has already granted to you. And when you rest in him, you have that perfect peace. Okay, so let not fear reign. Number two, let us realize we are always more with God. 
Okay, and as, as we read this verse, we're going to read verse 16 again. I would encourage you, underline or maybe even circle in your Bible the word more. Okay, he says here, verse number 16 of our text. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are what? More than they that be with them. Now, I like that, don't you, believer? Underline that in your Bible. <laughs> Remember that every time you pass this way. Listen, believers, we need to realize that God is always more than enough for my situation. Amen. My God, listen, my God is always bigger and greater than my circumstances. His strength, listen, his strength was more than enough for a little shepherd boy to slay a gigantic soldier, a giant named Goliath, was it not? His provision was more than enough to keep that widow's barrel uh, uh, from, of meal from running dry from day to day through that famine for her and Elijah and her whole family, was it not? Sure it was. His power was enough to grant Gideon's measly 300-man army Great victory over a numberless Midianite army who the Bible says was as grasshoppers for a number in the valley. And really, I'll tell you what, I could go on and on and on because the truth is that, that, that no matter how frightening, no matter how impossible our circumstances might seem to be to us, to our physical senses, our physical eyes, our physical hearing, our physical touch. I know, I know that my God is still greater, amen. And he, listen Christian, he is more than enough for anything life might throw my way. Praise the Lord, he is more than enough. Psalms chapter 20, and I'd like to read Psalms 20 and verse number 7. Now listen what this says here. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. May we never fail to remember, my God is always more than enough. So listen, let not fear reign. And number two, let us realize we are always more with God. He is on your side, Christian. You can count on that to be true. And it's always more than enough with God on your side. Just as it was in these circumstances with that hill full of chariots full of fire, it was more than enough for their circumstances. Number three, let our prayer prevail in the situation. So we're looking at these principles when we face these frightening, difficult, even impossible situations. Let not fear reign. Let us realize we are always more with God. Number three, let our prayer prevail in the situation. That's verse 17 and 18. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes 
that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, I want you to notice that Elisha immediately goes to prayer here, doesn't he? Well, he was a spiritual man, was he not? And he immediately goes to prayer. You say, well, what does he pray about? First of all, he prays for his fearful servant. But then he also prays concerning the situation that they were all facing at that moment. And listen, Christian, when we choose to pray, we are taking that problem off of our shoulders and we are placing it on the almighty, all-capable shoulders of an all all-powerful God. And is that not what we ought to do? 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us we are casting our cares on him for we know that he careth for us. Listen, ought we not to do that? I mean, in my mind, I almost think of, you know, a child and a, and a dad on a long journey and they're carrying these packs and the child along the way, he just gets so weary, he gets so burdened down. He's, Daddy, Daddy, I need help here. I can't make it any further. The dad reaches down and says, Son, just give me your pack. You'll be able to go a whole lot further. You just give me your pack, son. And he hands over that pack, and the dad bears his burden as well as his son's burden, and on they go. Because with dad bearing the burden, it's a whole lot easier, is it not? Listen, Christian, God wants to do that for you. He wants to bear your burdens, but he's waiting for you to turn them over, Christian. Hey, listen, why do we have so much fear? Why do we have so much problem in our lives? Because we hold on to those burdens. We hold on to those fears. We hold on to those worries. And we say, no, God, you can't have them. I'll not cast them on you. I'll bear them myself in my own power, in my own strength, in my own ability. And guess what, Christian? That just isn't going to work. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll be prone to fail, you'll be prone to falter. Boy, you'll be prone just to get down to the depths of despair in a position like that. You need to learn to turn that thing over to God. Put that burden on God's great big shoulders and let him carry it for you, just like a loving dad. So we see here we are casting our cares. When we do this, we're casting our cares on him. For we know he cares for us. Listen, Christian, when Peter was in the prison, the church prayed for him without ceasing. And God miraculously opened those prison doors and brought him out. And he was knocking on that door. And girl, the girl in there with the prayer meeting didn't even believe it was true. She was so excited about what was going on. But God answered those prayers. When David was pursued and when he was persecuted, he prayed. When Esther faced the extermination of her people and had to decide, am I going to go before this king being uncalled with the possibility of being put to death myself? She went before the king with fasting and prayer. When Daniel was being plotted against because of his faith in his God, he went and prayed three times a day still. When Hezekiah was sick unto death, he prayed. When Paul was beaten 
and persecuted and thrown into the deepest, darkest jungle. Listen, then he prayed and praised God at midnight in the prison. Amen. And so listen, believer, when we face such circumstances, may we learn to also to prevail in prayer, for that is the will of God concerning you. Psalms chapter 91, if you would, Psalms 91. Psalms 91 and verse number 15. He shall call upon me and I what? I might answer him. I possibly will answer him. No, it says he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And we know also Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 33. Very powerful and popular text as well. The Bible says here, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So praise the Lord. Just learn, Christian, to turn it over to God by faith through prayer, okay? Uh, let our prayer prevail in such situation. T-I-O, turn it over, amen? Hey, that's what we need to learn. Get that burden on God's great big shoulders, and that will help you out a whole lot as you are facing these frightening, these fearful, these difficult, and even impossible situations of life. Just turn it over to God, amen? And you know what he'll bear that burden for you and he'll help you through that time of difficulty, that time that is scary and frightening for you. So we've seen so far, we've seen three things this morning. Uh, as we face these difficult, maybe scare, scary, fearful, or, or impossible times of life, we feel surrounded. But listen, when those times come, let us not fear, okay? Let not fear reign. Okay. Secondly, we need to let us realize that we are always more with God. Thirdly, let our prayer prevail in the situation. Hey, listen, if you don't know what to do, pray. Amen. Just get on your knees and pray. If you don't know what to do, if you feel afraid, if you feel scared, if it looks impossible, just get on your knees, Christian, and pray. You can't go wrong with going to God in faith through prayer. Listen, God will bless that. He will hear and answer. He promises. Okay? So, moving on to number four. Let the Lord grant you his vision of the situation. Look at verse number 17. And it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, believer. The truth is that oftentimes, when we are confronted 
with such circumstances, we are just like this servant, aren't we? I mean, we, we are blinded by our fears. We are blinded by our concerns, by our worries, and so much so that we cannot see what God is doing in that situation. And I'll tell you what, truly, we need to, by faith, let the Lord impart to us his good view of what he is actively doing in and through those scary and trying times of life. When this servant's spiritual eyes were opened, what did he see? He saw a whole different story, didn't he? <laughs> he saw a whole different scene, didn't he, Christian? He saw that, that God was working miraculously and mightily and powerfully in a good way and on his behalf, did he not? And listen, you too can know that God is working in your life and through your circumstances in a great way as well, believer. Okay, his promises don't fail. I mean, remember Romans 8, 28. And I'll turn there so I don't mix it all up and quote it, quote it the, the Curtis version. Romans 8, 28. It says, And we what? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Is that talking to you? Well, if you're a born-again believer, it is. To them who love God, to them that are called according to his purpose, he's talking to me. I hope he's talking to you. He should be if you're a born-again believer. And he says, we what? We think possibly, we think maybe. No, he says, we know. We know these things to be true. We know that he works all things together for good in our lives as believers. Okay? We can count on that to be true. Listen, let the Lord grant you his spiritual vision of your situation. Listen, Christian, every storm in life that you have, have, have faced, you can look back and, and you can see what good and great things God did in and through that storm, can you not? And you know what? This time is no different. Whatever it may be that you're facing right now, whatever it may be that you're going through right now, this time is no different. You know, when, when you go through the storms, you can't see very far. You're surrounded by the wind. You're surrounded by the waves. But I'll tell you what, when we get in the midst of that thing, we can just cry out to God and say, oh God, won't you show me what you're doing here? Won't you reveal to me uh, Open my spiritual eyes like you did the servant in this text that I might see what you're doing here and get a grasp of that thing because God, I know that even though it seems impossible to me, I might be scared about this thing. I know you're working all these things together for good in my life. And I'll tell you, believer, I know you can look back at those times. You can see that to be true. And so listen, by faith, let him grant you his vision of the situation and it will give you a completely different outlook. Was not the servant's outlook a little bit different after Elisha opened his eyes? It was, wasn't it? Do you think he was so fearful any longer? I doubt it. <laughs> when he saw that hill full of those fiery 
fiery chariots. And, uh, uh, I'm sure that, hey, the fear fled away. Amen. Let God grant you a vision of how he sees your circumstances. Rather than being caught up so much the physical and what you can see and what you can hear and what you can feel. Hey, listen, get your eyes on the Lord, amen, and let him grant you that spiritual vision of what is really happening in your life. And guess what? It will cause the fears to flee away, amen? So, five basic principles. We've gone through four. Let not fear reign, Christian. Number two, let us realize we are always more with God. No matter what your circumstances are, God is always greater. We can count on that. Number three, let us prevail. Uh, let our prayer prevail in our situation. No matter what situation you're fa facing, prayer is always a good answer. Just go to God in prayer by faith. Just get on your knees before God. Number four, let the Lord grant you his vision of the situation. Allow yourself to quit being so fearful that you can't see that God is doing something in the midst of this, okay? So stop for just a moment in your tracks and say, oh God, open my eyes. That I may behold wondrous things. That I might see what you're doing in these current circumstances that I'm facing in my life. And uh, I believe that he'll help you to see and understand uh, through that what he's doing in your life. And number five, just let God work mightily on your behalf. Uh, look at verse 18 through 23 now. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, thou shalt not smite them, when thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow, set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go there to their master. And he prepared great provision for them, and they and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of, the Sy of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. Now, we see as the Lord takes charge of this situation, what appeared to these men to, to be fearful, it appeared to be impossible. It becomes a trivial, menial matter in the hand of an almighty God. Is that not right? This entire enemy army, what happens? They are incapacitated. They are rendered completely helpless and ineffective by being blinded by God. And here Elisha, one man, leads this entire enemy of helpless uh, soldiers into the hand of the king of Israel. Just as simple as that. Consider what God did here. Not a soul was lost. Not an arrow was shot. Not a sword was drawn. As God completely took this all into his all capable.
capable, almighty hands and made this fearful situation into a uh, completely harmless stroll through the land with some blind folks. So listen, believer. After you've done these first four things, you've let not the fear reign. You've realized we are always more with God. You've let prayer prevail in the situation. You've let the Lord grant you a vision of what he's doing in the circumstances. Then just stand still and let God move, amen? Let God work in your situation. When there's nothing else left to do, at the stage there's nothing else left to do besides you just to stand and wait on God. For listen, he's still on the throne, amen? And he is still in control. And you can still trust in him. Amen. And so in fearful times, Christians apply these principles. And I'll tell you what, they will help to get you through just like they did for this young man, this servant of Elisha. And if you're out there today and you're listening, I, under, I realize that this message was predominantly directed towards believers to be an encouragement to them. But if you're out there today and you're without hope and you're without God, you know that if you die today, you would not go to heaven. You know you've not repented of your sins and you've not trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Then listen, my friend, you have not the power of God and you have not the peace of God available to you as you go through the storms of life. And listen, friend, you have good reason to fear for if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then one day you will lift your eyes up in a literal burning hell separated from an almighty, all-holy God forever and ever and ever. There's no redos, friend. Now is your chance. Now is your opportunity. And the Bible says, there is no peace to the wicked, saith God. You go through these troubling times like this, sure, you're without peace. And you don't have any opportunity of peace because you're not going to have peace without Jesus Christ in your heart. To know peace is to know Jesus. And that's why as a believer, I have that available to me. Well, I can choose to neglect it. I can choose to be, allow myself to be ruled by my fears. But I already possess the peace of God. It's been given to me through Jesus Christ. I just have to turn to him and, and trust in him and allow that peace to rule and reign in my heart rather than that fear. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word of God today. And I just pray, God, you encourage the, the hearts of the saints today. Lord, I pray that they would uh, just rest in you, trust in you. Lord, I pray they not be dominated and, uh, by their fears and driven by their fears. But Lord, I pray that they would just uh, trust and rest in the Lord Jesus through these things and look to you to allow you to work in these troubling circumstances they may be facing in their life. And Lord, I do pray if there's one listening today that does not yet know you as their Savior, Lord, they have no reason to have any peace in their life because they're without you, God. And so as they face the storms of life, they're hopeless. They are without any type of help at all. And so, Lord, I pray they'd come to the end of themselves, even today, and realize I need Jesus at the center of my life. I need to turn my life over to him and trust him as my Savior before it's too late. Lord, may you do this in every lost individual's heart today. And, Lord, may you bless these services in every listener's heart. I pray in a great way. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.